0: This is the Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Mike Lynch.
1: And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. And today, Jason, I guess we're going to start with the NFL. There's a lot to talk about.
0: There's a ton to talk about, and I found myself this past weekend watching maybe a little bit more than I had been. A couple exciting games. Uh, that Saints game was definitely, the Saints-Bears game was definitely an interesting one. You know, a couple teams that are toward the top uh, or at the top of their respective divisions. But the big question, it seems, and we had a Supreme Court ruling of sorts or a Supreme Court the U.S. Supreme Court essentially saying, no, nope, we're good. We're not going to look at this case that will have an effect on how we are watching going forward. Lynchy, are you a Sunday ticket guy?
2: I'm not because uh, we're never blacked out here in New England. The Patriots are, are always on and I seem to get all the games that I want. But if I was a transient yeah, and like you in New York and an Atlanta Falcon fan, I'd want to watch my Falcons every week and I would have to subscribe to it.
0: Yeah, it is not cheap. Uh, I actually don't have Sunday ticket. I have resisted it for a while, which means that I am reliant on, you know, in in normal times, bars and restaurants and friends and things like that. Uh, now I'm reliant on the Internet. But, I mean, Michael Barr, basically the Supreme Court, as I read it, saying, you know, you guys have been accused of some antitrust between AT&T and the NFL, and we're going to let this one play out.
1: Yeah, this is the Sunday ticket for a household is two hundred ninety four dollars. Now that's on top of the regular direct TV package, and there was a point that was brought up when this lawsuit was was coming into play, and it is an interesting point. And they're saying is that hey, unless I can stream this, I got to put a satellite on top of my my house. Yeah, is that legal or not? And and it's a very good point.
0: What do you make of this, Lynchy? Well I I like the a la
2: carte uh option yeah. here like if you just want to watch the Atlanta you're in New York you want to watch the Atlanta Falcons you subscribe to the Atlanta Falcons and they give you the game for maybe I don't know 995 uh, every week if you want to if you want to watch it if they're not on on national television and I think that that's the way it should be but you know this is this this to me reeks of <clears throat> preseason games in the National Football League where they make a, you buy a season ticket holder you got to buy the preseason tickets uh, as well and the games that mean absolutely nothing that you're not interested in so but the NFL is you know they're big they're the they're the, they're the big elephant in the room um, they they get great ratings. Uh, they're down a little bit this year. I mean, compared to the other sports, I mean, so many people watch the NFL, almost six, 16 to 17 million per week as opposed to Major League Baseball, uh, a million. And NBA doesn't
0: even get a million uh, sets of eyeballs on a game. So that, I they, have to say, I'm glad you brought that up because that those figures blew me away. And it explains yep. everything, right? I mean, it, yep. it, mm-hmm. it explains why – the networks historically have, and of late, been willing to pay literally billions of dollars in order to broadcast these games because people watch them. They are routinely the most watched shows over the whole course of the year, figuring everything else in. Um, but as you say, and and Michael Barr, I think, you know, you've copped this and I have as well. It's like people just aren't watching as much right now. I mean, the ratings are down significantly.
1: Well, it, that's the thing is that it football, as you put, the NFL is king. I mean, yes. You even have the Jets fans. It's like and they'll complain. They'll throw oatmeal at the set. It's like, oh, these Jets, look at this. <laughs> but they'll still watch the game. Oat oatmeal, what? yeah. Well, that's <laughs> see, that's what you eat when you are a Jets fan. <laughs> it's just what happens. And uh, but, tough to clean, oatmeal. Yeah. Tough to clean off the screen. <laughs> and now it's a Quaker Oats. No, I am sorry. It's uh, <laughs> but uh, compare that to baseball and the World Series ratings, and that's that's what really shows you how football plays. This same package that Directv is putting out for households would not work I don't believe for baseball fans especially when you look at the
0: ratings oh yeah god no but I mean let's talk about football ratings for a second and What's interesting is primetime games, this is based on some research that that Bloomberg uh, synthesized, our friends over at Bloomberg Intelligence. So primetime games, they've been the worst hit. NBC's Sunday night broadcast, they are down 33%, 32.7% to be exact. And Monday night games are off 18.4%. That was across uh, weeks four through seven this year versus 2019 that is dramatic, Lynchy. I mean, people yes. just aren't watching now. Let's be clear: a lot of this is, and you know, we're taping this on Monday afternoon, November second. The election, uh, election day, is tomorrow. The election has had a huge, uh, has had a huge part in this to some extent. You look at even a couple weeks ago. I guess it was last weekend, not this past weekend, but last weekend. You know, the Sunday night football was going directly against the 60 minutes where you had yes. all the presidential and vice presidential candidates. I mean, that's what people are watching.
2: Right. And there were, uh, I mean, the World Series was going on, the NBA yeah. finals were going on. And now as we head into daylight savings just kicked in. So a lot more people are going to be s- staying inside. And I think there will be uh, an uptick in viewership. And one, one of the big uh, reasons, and I know you're reading uh, the same book I'm reading, uh, The Dynasty, Jason, is that uh, one of the reasons that networks crave the rights to national football league games is to promote their drama shows their new fall lineup and you just see it over and over again i can remember when everyone of raymond was was first coming out i said what is this show i would never want to watch this show but i saw so many promos for it i said i'm going to give it a chance and i get i watched it and i actually liked it and i thought it was kind of funny so but this is a big promotional vehicle uh, for the networks, because they know they got, you know, 16 or 17 million sets of eyeballs there. And here's what we're rolling out. Uh, new this fall. Back again this fall. Uh, tune into 60 Minutes Tonight. Um, and yeah. so that, that that's a, a nice vehicle for them to promote their shows.
0: Well, and to that exact point, as you said, we're reading Jeff Benedict's new book, The, the Dynasty, and there's some great color around the renegotiation where CBS got football back. And Basically, you have Mel Karmazin and Sean McManus essentially saying our network is going to rise and fall on whether we get football back uh, because it's just that powerful. Exactly to your point, Lynchy, of a lead-in, it is worth essentially whatever we pay for it, and that has turned out to be uh, that's turned out to be true. And you know, we're looking at again. This is courtesy of the guys over at Bloomberg Intelligence. They're saying. $10 billion annually could come in from the new uh, television contracts that the NFL is going to sign. The ESPN deal expires in, in next year. Uh, that's $1.9 billion a year, although they may move Monday Night Football back to ABC, so we'll see what that means. Uh, Fox could spend $2 billion on its Sunday package alone. That's 85% up from the $1.08 mm. $1 it paid before. I mean, regardless of what you think, what we all think may be the existential crisis across sports and across the NFL, uh, the money is still very much there, Bar.
1: Yeah, and, and I have to be honest, I would like to see Monday Night Football come back to network TV. Mm-hmm. I would like to see it come back to ABC, or if Fox is in there bidding for it, all right, well then let's see it go Monday night on Fox. Monday Night Football was must-see TV. And we we talked about this last week. I mean, that was, I don't care what two teams are on. You will watch the Giants and the Jets play each other on Monday Night Football. And and because that's what everybody was talking about the next day. And nothing against Dancing with the Stars, but I never understood why that switch happened. Because Monday Night Football was always there. And every time you see, for the ratings for the most part, Sunday Night Football was up there, so I I don't understand that.
0: I would just like to sort of uh, print that out and, and frame it. That That is the quote of the week so far. I know it's going to be a busy week. Michael Barr saying, quote, nothing against Dancing with the Stars. You know? I mean, I think that that just says it all. It just really says it all about what we're trying to do on this program, Litching.
2: And he hasn't um, talked once about, about about making a bet on any of these games, which I think right. is the upset of the day so far.
0: Exactly. <laughs> we're going to talk about betting in a second. Before we get to that, though, uh, i got to ask you. Looks like uh, we're done here in New York when it comes to the New York Mets having a new owner. It is Stevie Cohen. I yeah. think you. this is one of these storylines, Lynchy. You, you can't make it up. Yeah. I, I mean, here's yeah. this guy who uh, yeah. had a little bit of a tough time on, on the legal front. Not on the financial front, but on the legal front when it came to running his hedge fund. But he's the new owner. He's meeting the Mets, and we'll see what he does. Richest it, owner in uh, sports at this point. Certainly in the in major leagues.
2: And it didn't take long for the uh, uh, the gavel to be uh, banged uh, with the approval of all the other owners. This was yeah. not even a cont- not one ounce of c- contentiousness at all.
0: Yeah, at least publicly. Um, you know, yeah. folks that I talked to say there was some grousing behind the scenes, but as you say, they all got in line. There was a little bit of a blip uh, last week where it looked like uh, Mayor de Blasio, Mayor Bill de Blasio, mayor of New York City, he has effectively a kind of veto uh, over it. He could have at least made it a little more difficult and ultimately decided not to. It seemed like that was a, a whole lot of nothing, candidly, um, as it sort of blew up in the tabloids for a day or two. And then uh, he went along with it. And so by Friday night, I believe, last Friday night, uh, it was all over but but the shouting. And uh, I mean, Barr, I guess one thing I, I wonder from a, from a fan's perspective is how much do you care about the ownership how much do you think about who owns a specific team
1: uh if i don't like the owner uh yeah i think about it a lot and mm-hmm. i i hate to to bring this up but i remember marge shot yeah the cincinnati reds and mm-hmm. i remember some of the things that she said and i'm like what what are, what are you doing yeah and and all of a sudden it's like you know i, I was not happy with the cincinnati reds and so, yeah, it does play a role, but it happened so quick. I yeah. was expecting this to, to carry on for a
0: while. I thought it was going to carry on at least for a few days. Yeah, yeah. that rolled right through uh, in many ways. I mean, listen, and, and Lynchy, I, I, we're going to talk obsessively about this book, and, and hopefully next week we're going to catch up with Jeff Benedict himself to, to talk about it. But, you know, I'm thinking a lot about ownership because this book, The Dynasty, goes very deep on craft, as you know, and you know more than – almost anyone on the planet about this franchise, but ownership does matter. And man, I mean, the, yeah. the near move to Connecticut, you think about all the things that have happened in that franchise, it, it makes a difference who owns the team.
2: Absolutely, uh, you know. Here in New England, Kraft is a, a regular. He he grew up in Brookline, right uh, in the shadow of Fenway Park. He was a season ticket holder of the Patriots. I think when you look at ownership, uh, you you care about. It's it's very parochial. You care about the ownership in the town you live in and the yeah. teams you follow. Owners of other teams don't really. Make any noise unless they are out of line. Donald Sterling with the Clippers, right. Marge shot with the Cincinnati Reds, and then Jerry Jones. Whatever he does is news for some reason around the national National Football League and around the sporting world. But I think ownership is is pretty much you know the interest. I mean, if you ask the average fan, who's the owner of the? Cincinnati Reds, you know, nobody could tell you who's the owner right. of the Chicago Cubs, but they could tell you who the owns the four major sports teams in their town, and they could say that 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 person's a cheapskate; he never signs anybody. Right. This guy's a great owner; he does. He's improved the ballpark, he's improved concessions, and we really love this owner. So you you do. There are emotions that that uh, that are attached to teams because of uh, because of ownership uh, on the local level.
0: And they do become very, very public roles. I mean, I remember yes. uh, the conversation you and I had, uh, Lynchy with Steve Pallyuca at Bar, I think you were off that week, and remember he was talking about sort of showing up that first time, and like, here's this guy, he's done billion dollar deals multiple times he creates this you know private equity firm he's buying and selling companies and nobody other than like wall street geeks like me are really paying attention from a journalistic perspective and the day he shows up to uh be formally introduced as the celtics owner there's you know 50 reporters clamoring for uh for his and his partner's attention it's a totally different world
1: yeah you're you're exactly right
0: all right so more betting Coming, I mean, uh, all right. Th- let's let's just <laughs> lay it out here. This is a story that is tailor made for Mr. Michael Barr because it's about racing and it's about betting, and you got NASCAR and Win, uh, the well known uh, gambling empire, coming together. This is kind of a big deal for Racing Bar.
1: Yes, darlings, huddle around the set. Let me tell you what this story is all about. <laughs> NASCAR <laughs> and Winbet, the digital gaming division of Win Resorts. Uh, it's responsible for Wynn's mobile sportsbook and casino app. They announced a multi-year national sports betting partnership. Uh, as an authorized gaming operator of NASCAR, WinBet Bet will collaborate with NASCAR, NASCAR to create and promote engaging sports betting. Well, all you got to do is, for me is just put down a bet. Yeah, I'm engaged. Uh, experiences for the racing fans across the United States. Uh, I, I'm liking it, I, as you know. And this is... It, When you bet on racing, and NASCAR probably, arguably, is the most known racing circuit in the U.S., uh, it's going to get some attention. So you put that together. I mean, people bet on golf. People bet on, on many other things as well. Uh, nascar and it's been out there for a while but this is the first time you're seeing such a marriage like this
0: yeah and and i feel like for those of us who are not big gamblers uh lynchy, like when i i look at you know having been to vegas and enough times to be dangerous like definitely a a higher caliber i mean i believe is there's a win casino there in massachusetts now right
2: he had to divest himself of it uh, oh, but it's right. it's called it's right, called right. he he did have the ownership and he right. had to uh divest it's called Encore Boston but right. the but the right. building is there yeah
0: yeah but i mean that it's a pretty high end it's a high end brand and and it feels like this is uh this is sort of fancy for nascar at least as i look at it yeah,
2: I too. Uh, but I, I believe he has to go state to state. Is that right, yeah. Michael Barr? Yeah, like it is they're, applying, they're, look, they're trying to be, to be legal in Virginia. Obviously, right. they're going after the states where, uh, you know, NASCAR has the bigger audience, uh, which would be the South, obviously. But uh, I'm interested in it. I, I love NASCAR. I've been up to Loudoun in New Hampshire and, uh, I was totally fascinated when I when I walked out of there. Just absolutely fascinated. So there you go. Win bet is now
0: there on go. the floor, and, and right. hopefully Michael Barr is going to win some bets. I mean, I'm yes. saying that heard, as much heard, on behalf heard. of his, his, his wife as, as anything because we just want him to stay out of trouble. By the way, All I got to say
1: this before we before we. I know we're running out of time. In NASCAR, we're down now to the the final four, uh, and. I got to say it, there's a flaw in the playoff system. And Chase Elliott, he won his race, and, and congratulations at Martinsville. But Kevin Harvick, who has been extremely dominant in this circuit, got knocked out, and I don't understand that. And it's I'm not so sure a playoff system in NASCAR is necessarily the way to go. Because back in the old days, you started from points from start to finish, from right. Daytona all the way you know, to the end race. And for Kevin Harvick, all that dominance just to be wiped out. Okay, yes, I know people say, "Well, it happens in football." It's like, yeah, I get that, but it's that's a cruel twist. Okay, anyway, I'm I'm done. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> with it. Uh, this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Mike Lynch and Jason Kelly. And
0: we're here for you each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, exploring the world of big money and big sports. Join us again at the end of the week. It's going to be an exciting one. We're going to be all over the map trying to bring you the latest and greatest everything happening
1: in the world of sports. You're listening to Bloomberg Business and Sports <laughs> on Bloomberg Radio, around the world and online, wherever you get your podcasts.